0: Hello, esteemed listener, and welcome to episode 6 of the Video Game Hall of Fame. I am your host, Alex, and I have with me this time fewer Hall of Famers than normal. I have with me Mr. Rob Kirkup and Mr. Stephen Andrews, as Simon is unable to join us this week. How are the rest of you doing, though? How is everybody feeling? Uh, should I start with Rob? How are you feeling, Rob?
1: I'm alright. Um, sure? I'm not, not too bad at all. I'm enjoying the, the sunshine. Mm-hmm. And I made a, an accidental new friend at the weekend.
0: How do you, I mean, do they already have one of your signature Rob's friends nicknames?
1: No. I, so what happened was I was walking one of the dogs and uh, this bloke walked up and he had a dog and I bent down to stroke his dog and I said, oh, hello, what's your name? Talking to the dog. And the bloke said, Martin. And I said, Martin. <laughs> it's a lovely name for a dog. I said, I said, Martin. And I'll be honest, I'm a huge fan of human names for animals. Yeah. Um, but he said, yeah, Martin, my name's Martin. What's your name? So he thought I was talking to him. So, yeah, there's a bloke called Martin now who lives on the estate. He knows I'm called Rob. And if he sees us, he gives us a little wave and comes up to have a chat with us. I mean, I, I made an accidental friend at work just before COVID. I might have told you this. Just before COVID, does anybody salute magpies? Like superstition thing?
2: No. <laughs> I do, actually. But I only got that from a joke from the 11 o'clock show. Uh, well, Something about not getting pregnant. Oh well that, that that's And I've not scary. got pregnant yet, so it's worked. So
1: um well I I'll was in I was it. in the car I got out of the car at work in the car park, obviously. That's where the car goes. And there was a magpie across the car park, so I saluted it. And as I did it, <laughs> I caught the eye of somebody at the other side of the car park who saluted me back. So now if I'm in that building, every now and then I'll spot this guy across the like somewhere across the floor and he'll always smile and give us a little salute. <laughs> um, but the strange thing is like i'll only ever see him at a distance
0: that's perfect all you've got to do is that you've never got to engage with any small talk or anything no stop no, nothing
1: i was in that building yesterday like i, I kind of ping pong it, with the job i've got I'm, I'm not always in the same place but if i'm there i never go to the canteen for food because i'm terrified that i'm going to end up in a queue behind them or in front of them and have to have a conversation but instead you of rela- yeah yeah have so you're not eating at work for like three years i'll just what? take something with us or i <laughs> <handle every day laughs> go or i go to the canteen at weird i was where i know there's not going to be other people around in, fa- um,
2: in fairness if you only, you've only got salute as communication then it could get a bit awkward if you're like you know a foot from each other just saluting like Matt. That, that'll get
1: old quick that's the extent of our relationship and i yeah. was walking along the corridor um a few weeks ago at work with somebody else who I work with and, and I spotted this guy and he saluted us. Uh, so I saluted him back, as we do, like we were in NAM together or something. And the person I was with said, Who's that? And I said, I have no idea. Don't ask honestly, I haven't got time to get into it.
2: <laughs> it's a guy I thought was a magpie. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's oldest time, it.
1: that one. But um to answer your question, I'm alright. What well, the fuck's the dog's name? I don't know. I don't know. He <laughs> never dog.
0: told you his dog's
2: name after all. No, <laughs>
1: no. He just told us that. I just know he's called Martin. I don't have no idea what the dog's called.
2: So so your new dog friend, Martin, were you were you talking to the dog like in a dog friendly voice? Be like, hello. Was it one of those? Or, or do you speak to dogs in a more kind of matter of fact way?
1: Like, yeah. hello. No, I, hello. Got, I, got down, I got down at dog level. <laughs> That'll be your first giveaway, Martin. Yeah. I was stroking the dog in the head and I said, oh, hello, what's your name? And then Martin told us what he was called, and didn't didn't twig that I was talking to his dog.
0: I don't think I would ever speak to a human being by going by saying hello
1: and what's your name. What's your name? Yeah, yeah. unless you, yeah. you
2: just just learnt the language like that morning you've been
1: on dueling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, I'm friends with Martin now. Someone after me. <laughs> Does he like any eight bit video
0: games, or do you not?
1: Uh, if you know. ask him that, would his no. dog reply? The amount of make-believe phone conversations I've had when I've spotted Martin when I've been <laughs> on my dog walks is uh, is incredible. Uh,
2: I
0: have a similar like avoidance of the canteen at work as well because I just don't want to talk to people because I know they'll talk about work. So yeah. I, I prefer to just go in there, get something, and take it back to the office and watch YouTube. And one time I did that, I did notice that like all of the HR department was sat on a, on a seat or like a whatever, table, and as I walked past them, I kind of just carried on looking ahead. And then they had a go at me later on for not going to the sit down and have my lunch with them. And I was like, oh, I didn't even see you. I had to go straight back to the office and do some work. <laughs> I bet it was the most ahead.
2: obvious avoidance ever, wasn't it?
0: Right, it really was. I, did, I had obviously already seen them. I knew they were there. And they yeah. were right on the edge of the table. So I was, you know, I was a meter from them, if, if not less. And they all had a massive go at me like, why didn't you come and sit with us? I, did, I didn't even see you. Nah. so busy thinking about the work I do, <laughs> watching YouTube and writing notes for this podcast,
1: which I did for the, today at work. Oh, I did mine yesterday at work. Good stuff. But to answer your question, I'm all right. How are you, Steve? You all right, mate?
2: Oh, I haven't made any friends. I've got nothing nothing interesting at all. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, just uh, finished a uh, uh, run of a show, which um, mm-hmm. I probably talked about before, which I How used on. A lot of uh, Streets of Rage music pumped in there, which did fit perfectly. By the way, I wasn't just doing it because I'm a, I'm a nerd and do it at any opportunity. A little from
0: column A, a little from column B,
2: a little bit, a little bit both, yeah, a bitly. Um, but obviously, reveling in my uh, my past glories. Um, uh, and for anyone who is uh, tuning in for the first time, last week we had our um, uh, Hall of Fame for JRPGs, and Rob has let us know how he feels because his name uh, on the recording here we got here has changed from Rob Kirkup to simply "fuck Shenmue," <laughs> um, which I think belies uh, a little bit of his his true feelings. Am I right, Rob? <laughs> yeah, it's probably a bit mild. Yeah, <laughs> even even um, reading, them.
1: how do I feel about it? I mean, I'll be honest. I think that Shenmue winning the best JRPG, like the, the JRPG to go into the Video Game Hall of Fame, it was a bigger shock to me than Dizzy winning oh, the other week push. when, when, when Dizzy just shouldn't have won it. it. It's it's a miracle because I was so confident that if Final Fantasy VII didn't win, Chrono Trigger would win. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I mean, this afternoon I, I spent a little bit of time googling like, top 10 JRPG games ever. Yeah. And some of Shenmue the... in any of them? Shenmue wasn't in a single one, but out of the 10, Chrono Trigger was in all 10 of them, and Final Fantasy VII was in nine of them, because the one it wasn't, they only allowed one entry per franchise, and they picked Final Fantasy VI instead of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, that's the hipster's choice, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but then... In fairness, that is that is me slightly fudging the boundaries of what a JRPG is, isn't it? I mean, really, if you're yes. going if you're going to you're gonna be pernickety about it. It's more action adventure, but it is a role playing game. It's not. I mean, there's there, there is a progression, and it's most certainly Japanese. It's it, yeah. you know it's got in there under the wire, hasn't it? I don't think it will appear in English because I don't think it'll be. I don't think most people make it eligible for those lists, but we do no. things differently here because because I get free reign over my choices.
1: <laughs> Ultimately, it won fair and square and... from
0: my. I had our
1: biggest poll
0: response we've ever had. Yeah, well, incredible.
2: I I was quite uh, quietly confident last time round because never underestimate the Shenmue community. Well, they actually, made, on they...
0: that point, yeah, on that point, I'll tell you now exactly why. Shenmue won, and Final Fantasy 7 didn't win. So it got yes, notes. it is because we were set upon by the Shenmue community. Mm-hmm. But the point that's uh, salient about that is that the Shenmue community love Shenmue, the video game. Yeah, The Final Fantasy 7 community on Twitter are thirsty for tits. And all the accounts that I, because again, I went on and I followed as many people for every game as possible. Every day I do a tweet about, I didn't even tweet about Shenmue this time because I was going to be asked. It was, it was, it won, it got 57%, by the way, everybody. Congratulations to Shenmue. Can't believe it. Out of 431 votes, 57%, that's crazy. Um, every Final Fantasy like, fan account, or if I, if I typed in Twitter Final Fantasy 7 and I looked for all the top tweets, it's all just like fan art of scantily clad women, yeah. yeah, or Yuffie. That's yeah. it. Like they don't, they're not going to rally around the game because they're too busy. They're too busy not cry, having sex, crying while they
2: wank. Yeah, they're too busy not yeah, having well. sex. with the Shenmue community, if you follow Ryu, of course, he um he, he shuns all kind of sexual advances. Exactly, his relationship with Nozomi is 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 just an embarrassing joke. Yeah, and I
1: thought, he, he I thought has in the game you. Play. So, I thought you piped off sailors down the port or whatever. We did, we found it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That's what? excellent.
0: Piped off, that's great.
1: Have you never heard that? Nope. Oh, well, there be, you go. You can have that gift from to you. The saying that is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, for now. Um, just to, yeah, to finish off the rest of it then, so Simon's Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, 6% of the votes. Chrono Trigger, 15%. Final Fantasy VII, 22%. And as we already already know, Shenmue is 57% because honestly, there's so many Shenmue fan accounts like that have loads of followers Mm -hmm. and people, like I say, people, like loads of people coming on there afterwards saying, you know, this is the greatest game of all time. Some people were saying, you know, it's very hard decision between Shenmue and Final Fantasy 7. Sorry. Chrono Trigger Chrono on Final Winder. Fantasy 7. Yeah. yeah.
2: But so many people the the thing that we don't uh, uh, that you probably weren't accounting for um last week is not just how many Shenmue fans are out there but how many are so passionate about it. Yeah. That is uh, that's that's the and that is infectious as well. I mean don't forget that the Shenmue community pushed to make and let's let's ignore mm. what the final product was but Shenmue 3 happened but through sheer force of will over years and years and years and it's one of the very few occasions where where something like that has happened you know you could probably think of another media you could think of with um uh what was that series uh firefly and the serenity film there are there are a few examples but very very few especially with the amount of money that if something's been a flop financially you know that's there's very little incentive for people to go forward and, and spend more money doing it, but through sheer determination and the love they have for it. Um, and the thing is, it's going to be divisive. It's not, it's not for everyone, but there is one thing that I can say about Shenmue that it is a completely unique experience. And for those who, who buy into it, I mean, they have lived as, as Ryu for, for that, um, you know, for that period. And it'll, um, and it will really mean something to them. Um, I mean, I was thinking about this before, and excuse me if I was repeating myself from from last week. So I haven't had a chance to listen to last week's podcast back yet. But for me, when when we grew up, we grew up at the very dawn, we're, we're at the dawn of computer games. You know, the, the stuff mm-hmm. that I was playing. I'm forty now, so the stuff that I was playing on the BBC Micro um, and the Intellivision was what I. Uh, that's the, my earliest memories. You know, so we went from incredibly basic pixel graphics when, this, when computers and consoles were just little boxes of magic, till the very, the very early dawn of 3D. So, um, you know, the 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 3DO, the the Saturn, the uh, Jaguar, the PlayStation, Nintendo 64. When we started going as those early days of 3D, it certainly started becoming, Right, how how can we make it more? more realistic? What is going to be more lifelike? And there's two different ways of looking at it. First of all, is those who think in the macro sense, i.e., you know, could you just go anywhere? Could you, you know, you know have a massive world that you could explore? And another way of looking at it is going, well, could you just walk into a room and, and, and pick up any objects or study the minutiae of detail, the tiny, tiny details? And that's what Shenmue excels at. And it's a very unique experience. There's not... And you probably going to find it creeping in more now with vr becoming a thing um so you you will get the, that kind of experience but until until vr there's nothing really that that stands out to me to, to fit in the same box and it's a really serene experience as well um it's just yeah there's nothing else that evokes the same kind of feelings for me so i i'm, yeah. I'm not surprised it won uh one by a landslide i was i was thinking you know if I didn't get behind it, I didn't give the little community a push, then it wasn't going to uh, it wasn't going to feature. But as soon as you get those fans engaged, there was only one way it was going.
0: Mm. Maybe again, our history is as, with Sega has helped push that to the top again. But I'd have had Final Fantasy VII all the way until I started seeing what the community on uh, Twitter was, and it's a lot of younger people as well. Yeah, which is you know nothing against it, but they're they're obviously not original players from the when it came out. Their mind wasn't blown by it back then. They've, you know, it's there's a lot of remake fan accounts as well. Yeah, Chrono Trigger got gipped, but I'm never going to fucking win any of these. I guarantee you, I'm going to pick the best game today, and I'm not going to win.
2: Uh, see, I see. I think people
0: don't like me. I
1: don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm, you
0: know, the authority on the podcast. <laughs> people just
1: rally against me. Well, everyone loves Simon. People are going to hate this episode because he's not on.
0: They're just going to vote for his game because they feel sorry for him not being here. I don't know. We'll it's miss you, happen. Simon. We do miss you, Simon. Simon, to be fair to him, though, we do have a nomination from Simon for our topic this episode, which is 8-bit video games, and he has written a really nicely detailed description and bit of prose for his game, so that will get read out later. So he'll be hearing spirit channelled through my dulcet tones.
2: Are you going to try and put his can voice Can you say
0: on? that about your own tones? I don't know if you can. Maybe that's a bit arrogant. Um, do um, you think your tones are dulcet? I don't really know what dulcet means deep
2: <laughs> no I think it's like it's like soothing R- rhythmic isn't it um so- soothing soothing I would say would be my best come on come on Mr. Google
0: I mean oh, I well. could do a horrible um where the hell's he from
2: <laughs> Somerset Kevin?
0: Somerset Somerset I could oh. do a horrible Somerset accent for the whole thing if you if you want a you know an authentic experience it
2: is it is a horrible accent so that is authentic
0: yeah,
2: I'm from Devon, so there's a local rivalry there. Don't
0: I? I was going to preamble by saying, that I, well, I had it. Yeah, I could probably do it. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I could go. Yeah, sounds like you've had a stroke, but it's fine.
1: <laughs> um, dulcet tones just means your voice. What? what? Well, then I wasn't being arrogant. Cambridge English Dictionary: Someone's dulcet tones means a person's voice.
2: Yeah, just just the word dulcet. What's the dulcet on its own? That must have
1: a. I've, that's what I searched for. Dulcet and it doesn't seem to... Hang on.
2: Might be something from Old English, then, that only works. Um, six. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pleasing sweet, to
1: sweet, ear. Sweet, and, sweet and soothing.
2: Oh, yeah, as in dolce, as in sweet, because that's, um, that's a foreign word for sweet. There we go. Dolce yeah. oh, de Dolce. And I know that because that was in the play that I just did, Roberto Zucco, because Zucco... So no, you should have known that. I should have known wow, that. Wow, what
0: a like really specific thing to have come up in the play and this podcast.
2: Yeah, well, there are higher powers... Eerie, yeah, and his name is Mr. Hazuki.
0: Apparently, apparently so. So yeah, congratulations to Shenmu. Shen- Why do I call it Shenmu? I really annoy myself when I do that. At least shenmue. it's Shenmu. At
2: least it's not Shenmui, which you hear sometimes, yeah. which is fucking abominable.
0: If you learn to read Japanese out there, everybody, you can tell from the katakana. It is Shenmu.
2: That's it. That's
0: what I was going to say.
2: Three from oh, the, what katakana? Yes. Okay, what does that mean then? It's it's
0: just the um the alphabet. All right. Or the or the there's different alphabets.
2: There is Hiragana,
0: different katakana.
2: I know an alphabet. Which one? Um, it's the A B. It's the one that goes "Twinkle, twinkle, little star." Da, da, oh yeah, da, da. yeah, that one. Yeah. I'm
0: disgusted at how many children's nursery rhymes follow that. Yeah, melody. It's fucking pathetic. What was Mother Goose playing at? She was just rehashing her own shit and everyone was just <laughs> lapping it up. <laughs> Probably right? literally as well if she shits eggs, which I assume as a duck or goose rather she did. Probably, so.
2: yeah. I mean, it needs to be updated, that tale, obviously, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Rob looks like he's still reading something.
2: He's fallen down a dulcet hole.
0: Is he just abusing everybody on Twitter now? Are you just going back? No,
1: on? no, I'm not. I was perusing me notes. Calling all the Shemu fans absolute wankers. Well,
0: they're not, though. That's the problem. The Final Fantasy ones are. They're too busy wanking to vote. Yep. Nothing to wank about in Shenmue, unless you like sailors, which, nothing wrong with that. Can't just say duck races? Anyone? Yeah, we're getting very, um, waterbird. What the fuck? What, what?
2: <laughs> God almighty. It's been a long week already, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? What day? Are we in, on? was it Tuesday? Are they just Tuesday birds?
1: Editor.
0: Like, what's the poultry equivalent for a duck? And a or is that <laughs> what?
2: What, what? What's the poultry equivalent of a duck?
0: For a duck, like for what? a duck,
2: like birds oh, that waterfowl, like, ducks, waterfowl, kind of
0: waterfowl. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Not water bird,
2: <laughs> not no, water chicken.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are them wet roosters doing over there? There's not much difference really between a duck and a chicken, other than the water element. Is there not? I don't. A chicken's well, not supposed to be like dinosaurs. Ducks,
2: ducks like dark meat, though, isn't it? Mm. Or is that just the hoisin? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: been, yeah. You need to switch to light hoisin, and then it goes back to being no. um, <laughs> light, white meat again.
1: Anyway, I asked a serious question. Oh, I what I was the what? question? I don't know now. Something about ducks. Water chickens.
2: That's, we we solved it.
0: Aren't chickens supposed to be like dinosaurs? Like the, one of the closest things
1: we've got to dinosaurs.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. not Specifically chickens, but definitely birds. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Because I reckon dinosaurs might have had feathers, don't they?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they almost certainly did, yeah. So they don't look anything Honestly. like they do in Jurassic Park. No. They look daft.
0: Chickens are dinosaurs. What? That's true. Theropod dinosaurs. This means a chicken is more closely related to a Tyrannosaurus rex than a duck in evolutionary terms. That is mad. I was right, though. That's from a website called Omelette. So
1: th- they clearly <laughs> have a very small niche there. I think they are the, the authority on chickens and dinosaurs, aren't they? Clearly. Apparently, Ooh. yeah,
0: they're basically saying birds are not descended from dinosaurs, but they are dinosaurs.
1: Oh, there you go. Can't argue with that.
2: Kind of not though, aren't Sounds they? Right to me. It's kind of bullshit, isn't it really? Yeah. Are they dinosaurs? They're not, are they? Uh
0: yeah. no. I mean- In genetic evolutionary genetic and other respects, they are not far off. There's so many of these. Ten reasons chickens are dinosaurs. <laughs> Shall we say what they are? Number one, Tyrant Chicken King. What the fuck?
1: I googled, are chickens dinosaurs, and Google just says not dinosaurs <laughs> at the top of the screen. So. You
0: to ask just chat GPT, what, what is a chicken a dinosaur, and it'll draw a picture of Tifa in her pants.
1: AI absolutely terrifies me. Yeah, I mean, I've fallen down a bit of a rabbit hole, but some of the stuff, like, have you seen that? They've, um, they've trained some AI to be, like, a doctor, and... It diagnosed a one in a hundred thousand condition in a matter of seconds.
0: Wow, and that shouldn't be scary, should it?
1: Well no, but I mean Think it's just to
0: avoiding ju- the doctor like everyone's
1: like. Well no, but I mean it's just how clever like if it can do that, what else can it do? It's cleverer than us. And there's this um, Bigfoot footage that's been going around for like forty or fifty years, and it's nobody's ever been able to tell if it's just somebody in a gorilla costume or what and ai in matter of seconds were able to clear clean up this video footage sufficiently to just tell right okay well it is just a bloke in a in a um gorilla costume and on google like if you go on youtube like you know how youtube you watch a video and then if you just leave it it, it plays you another video based on mm-hmm. what you've been watching mm-hmm. there's songs on youtube that people never recorded like there's music by Michael Jackson that he nev- he wrote, but he never recorded in his lifetime, and it sounds exactly like it. There's interviews with people who are dead that AI's just created. It's mad, man. That's pretty scary. Anyway, should we talk about some epic games?
0: Yeah, let's do that after I give you these 10 reasons that chickens are dinosaurs. Yeah, right, oh, really? go, on, then.
1: go on then. That's what everybody's here for.
0: Number 10. Ty- tyrant Chicken King, as we have already heard. That Brilliant. apparently is because somebody found some T-Rex bone and it's closer, genetically, to a ostrich and a chicken than a reptile mm. but this this is from listverse.com right this is the level of laziness they put into the actual titles of these 10 number nine bones number eight <laughs> eggs number seven feathers number six feet five parenting four color three air sacs. two wings <laughs> one tooth or beak question mark
1: solved what was number one tooth or beak tooth or beak our tooth or beak
2: well, I'm uh, sold. No further questions. No, no. <laughs> I will be taking no further questions at this point. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> what could you possibly
2: ask? Mike drop to... and fuck off.
1: Yeah. yeah. That sounds him. like somebody's thesis uh, on a, like a master's or something dinosaur. on dinosaurs, chickens. You're not going to argue with that.
0: Nope. Fair All dues. Right. And on that, let's talk about some video game dinosaurs. Oh, Eight yeah. games. We'll start with Simon's, as he's not here to say himself. Uh, I'm not going to do the Somerset accent because that's just cruel. So what he said is, I was going to preamble by saying that while I had a master system, I can agree looking back that the NES or NES, which it will be called from now on, NES or NES, everybody,
1: take a vote. <sighs> NES. I've always said NES. Really? I always used to mm. say
2: NES, but... I'll, I'll... What, about, what about SNES? SNES. Yeah, I know,
1: I know, I know.
0: Uh, So he said, yeah, the NES was really where things happened during the 8-bit era and some series I've grown to love like Metroid and Zelda might have been my choices, but it would have felt disingenuous to choose something that I didn't play back in the day. I also thought about going Disney with Lucky Dime Caper or going with Enduro Racer. Any fans of that here?
1: I've never played either of those. No, I've played Enduro Racer. I'm almost certain it was on the spectrum.
0: Okay. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, he says he played those for hours, but instead he went for Does anybody want to guess what they think Simon picked?
2: Uh, no, it's on the Master our, System. On Master System? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's not Alex the Kid, is it?
1: Mm-mm. It's something something Donald Ducky. <laughs> well no, he said he was gonna go yeah, Disney, so no he's that uh, out. Uh, some Sonic? Is it a platformer?
2: Is it, nope. it an arcade conversion? Oh. Nope.
1: Oh, okay. He reviewed
0: a sequel of this for Sega Mania.
2: Mm. I remember we played it for the ranking. Was it a... um, Is it a a shooter? Nope. No, okay. No, I don't know.
1: Hang on, let's have a think. Is it a...
2: Is it a dogging game? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh,
1: is
0: it? Yeah. Enduro Dogger. (laughs) Sequel. What could it be? I give up. He's gone for Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. Oh, I love that game. He says it was released in 1989 on the Master System and it was called Monster World 2 in Japan. And he says it's part of a series that while modern remakes and spiritual successes exist, they don't get anywhere near the reverence of many contemporary RPG adventure game franchises. It was the first game that introduced him to concepts like purchasing new equipment that made your character better, non-linear level design with backtracking and safe areas, and that beautiful video gaming trope of things like crabs and snakes dropping money when defeated. The Dragon's Trap is the one where the protagonist is cursed by the dragon and takes on different forms like a lizard man, a mouse man, a hawk man, and a lion man. Depending on what form you're currently taking, different powers are available and different areas open up to you. The game also has an interesting opening where you play as a fully powered up Wonderboy with full hearts and top equipment and fight the mecha dragon boss from Wonderboy in Monsterland before being cursed, losing all the upgrades, and being forced to start from scratch. He says he loves the game's variety. It's bright and breezy world and its sense of adventure and wonder. Gameplay-wise, it feels very responsive and fair and has a difficulty curve that remains challenging but never feels insurmountable. He says he was going to note that his first experience of the series was playing Wonder Boy, the first Wonder Boy, on the C64. The first game is a linear platformer where you must collect pickups at all times to save off a timer that's constantly ticking down. Fuck that. And levels soon fill with extremely tricky jumps and enemy placements. Although he enjoyed that at the time, recent attempts have made him realise that it's all old school BS coin grabbing arcade level design, making Wonder Boy an example of a series that improved drastically as it aged as well, in his opinion. And that is yeah. his spiel, which was lovely. Thank you for that, Simon. Thank you for your nomination. Any thoughts? I've never played it.
2: No, nor have I.
1: They um... have. You said you loved that game, did you? I love that game. So I never owned a Master System, but I did have a Mega Drive with a Master System converter. Oh, right. So I had a little library of Master System games that I would play. But obviously, that's like playing PlayStation 3 games on a PlayStation 4 because it's the generation before. So I'd I'd always gravitate towards the Mega Drive games. But my favourite game on the Master System was uh, Wonder Boy in Monster Land, the game that came before this. But Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap was great because, as you say, you had that dynamic of turning into different creatures that had different abilities and it changed the way that the game played i haven't played it in a couple of decades so i don't remember it particularly well but um my immediate reaction when you mentioned it was that um i've got very fond memories of it i think it's at the time i thoroughly enjoyed playing it. i do remember it being quite difficult but yeah it's a brilliant game as far as i remember
2: there's a version on the um, Mega Drive Mini, I believe.
0: Well, did it get ported to the Mega Drive? I believe oh. so,
2: yeah. It's not
0: one of those... No, it can't have been one that was only on Mega Drive in the West because Simon wouldn't have played the Japanese version on a Master
1: System.
2: No. So, uh, um, no, I'm pretty sure it was on the original Mega Drive Mini. Rob's got a face on that makes me think he's Googling it.
1: I am Googling it. it I don't think so. No. It's been on the Wii, though. <laughs> oh, maybe I have played this. Wonder Boy and Monster World was on the Mega Drive.
0: I recognise that. That that cover art is so recognisable to me.
1: Yeah. So maybe I have played this. It's really good. And I mean, as I say, what I loved about those games back at the time was it's much as Simon, right? it was my first exposure to collecting um, some kind of currency and then going and spending it on things that well, you were going to need throughout your game. And I loved that because I'd never had that in a game before. So back when I was playing these games, I remember, as I say, the two Wonder Boy games that I had on the Master System being um, my go-tos on there. The other game I remember playing and really enjoying was Dick Tracy on the Master System. But uh, That's a good one, isn't yeah.
2: it? Yeah, I haven't played that for years.
1: Yeah, good shout. But yeah, I haven't got an awful lot to say about it. I can't remember the music. I remember it looking very pretty, but it's uh, just a colourful platformer, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess so. I've actually just been going through my Master System games to see if I had it, right? I've got some absolutely fucking ridiculous games here that I've never played. Somebody bought me a Master System for an old birthday of mine. I don't think he's listening, but David Walker, if you are listening, thanks, mate. I've barely played any of these, though. Uh, one of them that I find to be hilarious is a video game called Teddy Boy.
2: Anyone recognize that? I have heard of it. Teddy Boy? yeah. I can't remember what it is, though, but I think it's probably as bizarre as the, the title.
0: I've got Shinobi. What else have I got? Well, the funniest one that I've got that I find funnier than Teddy Boy and very appropriate considering I met Mr. Walker while working at Barclays is a game called Bank Panic, <laughs> which is very close to something I get on a daily basis.
2: You get Wank Panic.
0: Yeah. Has anybody played Bank Wank? Bank Panic? Bank Panic? No, I again,
2: wasn't even aware of his existence, to be fair.
1: Bank Panic bank panic never heard of it
2: that sounds like a a throwback to the more kind of like eight bit computer era doesn't it like you're sort of yeah commodore 64 or bbc micro game or spectrum or something
0: oh it's a it's like a um sort of conversion of an arcade shooter where you've got basically dudes robbing a bank and you've got to shoot them as they come out of doors actually looks pretty sick Uh, i regret shitting on it now to be honest Looks quite nice. It looks a little bit like Hogan's Alley or whatever it is on the NES.
2: What about Teddy Boy? Though? That's about furries.
0: Teddy Boy basically kind of looks like a rip-off of, like, Rainbow Island. Ah, uh, right. No, maybe not. That's maybe a bit uh, kind to it. Like a little kid with a gun running about, like, vertical levels. So classic, though, like, going to a retro shop or whatever, buy a console, and they just give you, like, a bundle of shit. <laughs> I bought a um I bought like a Japanese Famicom recently um from a shop in York called Saw Thumb Retro Games, which is an excellent shop. Yeah. Spent lo- I spent loads of money there with- at uh, London gaming market. When we went with Sega Mania magazine and um yeah, so it's like a Japanese Famicom that's set up to work with a UK plug or whatever, and they just gave me like three carts with it that are just shit. Like
2: mm.
0: I'd rather have not had them. <laughs>
2: Is it? Is there any advantage <sighs> to having a Famicom over an NES, or is that? Um, uh, is just you, wanted one, just just for the collectible aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I, when
0: I went to Tokyo when I went to Tokyo in like 2016 or whenever it was. I bought quite a few Famicom games while I was out there, and I, as a bit of a sport, that's not a spoiler because I'm not picking it. But um, I got all the Mega Man Famicom games because they're all different colours. Yeah. Because I just really like the carts for that system and the, the little stickers and the colourful nature of all of it. So now I can actually play them, which is cool. Anyway, I guess we should move on to the next nomination. And we'll go... With, who wants to go first?
2: Let, let Rob.
1: Go on then, Robbie. Me? Right. So, have you any guesses before I begin? Uh,
0: so you said it earlier on it wasn't on the Master System, right? No, it's not on the Master System. I can't system. believe you'd pick a NES game.
2: Is it...
1: I hope you do. Bubble, you bubble. You... Nope. So I just tell you... If... A Game Boy game, Pokemon. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. So yeah, so I'm gonna go. I I, I could have I nearly gone for, did this myself. I could have gone for a game, a Pokemon game on the Game Boy Color, which is also eight bit, but I didn't know. Yeah, I went for the original Pokemon Red and Blue on the Game Boy. Beautiful thoughts.
0: Love it. Still got it. I've still got yeah. Mew on it as well. I went to Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and got Mew downloaded on my cartridge with the Pokemon Road Show. Yeah. They were really? demoing Pokemon Snap on a massive screen. Greatest yeah. day of my life. No, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> I bet it was. No, I mean... <laughs> no, I,
0: but he's still on my cart anyway.
1: I remember when we were, like, weeks and weeks ago, when we were planning out what the next episodes were, me and you were having a conversation. I said, you know, what? I'm really struggling for something for 8-bit. hmm And then I just had an epiphany and I thought, it's not, it's easy. And I think I maybe even sent a message saying, actually, no, don't worry about it. Cracked it. And yeah, yeah, I mean, this game, so this game was the beginning of a phenomena, which still goes on today. And Pokemon Red and Blue, as it was in the West or Pokemon um, Red and Green, as it was in Japan when it came out in 96, um, was released 10 years after the Game Boy came out in the UK in 1999. So it came it's out mad, isn't it? after the likes of Final Fantasy VII that I was talking, you know, like right at the turn of the millennium and still yeah. sold incredibly well. And Nintendo
0: and- needed it as well because they were in trouble at that point.
1: Yeah, Nintendo needed a big style. And the mad thing about it is, is when I was doing a little bit of research into it, the idea for the game was pitched to Nintendo in 1990 by a fella called Satoshi Tajiri. Tajiri? And he came to Nintendo and said, look, I've got this idea for a game. And it was based on the fact that when he was a kid, he used to collect insects.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. But now,
1: when he was older, when he in 1990, he noticed that people weren't doing that anymore because they had other pastimes and people were playing video games. So he thought, "Hang on, maybe there's an opportunity to combine the two things." So he went in Nintendo and said, "Look, I've got this idea for a game," and they weren't they weren't having it. It was met with skepticism. They thought that his idea was too ambitious and they didn't quite see the appeal. But Nintendo legend Shiguri Miyamoto convinced the company to go ahead with the project after finding out what, what they were talking about. And as I say, it was initially that. initially pitched in 1990, but it wasn't until 96 when it was released in Japan and immediately became oh, a Pocket huge Monsters. thing. You know, like every you couldn't go anywhere in the late 90s without Pokemon being like the the anime started on TV. Yeah. I wonder if we got that cards. over
0: here before the game? Did we?
2: What, the, uh, the the anime. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, remember there was a whole thing about the anime because they're giving kids seizures, weren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Well, there was one episode which was banned because it was to do with Porygon, and they haven't even made the note of that. I just know that off the top of my head.
2: Oh, I thought they
0: banned another one where James from Team Rocket got breasts.
1: That they did. They should have. They should have pitched
0: that to the Final Fantasy Seven Twitter community. They'd have loved it.
1: <laughs> there was a. There was a Pokemon card that was um, that was banned as well because it had Misty, and it appeared that she was <laughs> naked on it holding a Starmie in Japan, <laughs> so it was changed. But it... you could see a chocolate Starmie, could you? Anyway, um, I remember such a lad's club, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's if you Google the TV series, it says ninety seven.
1: Well, what I was going to say about the TV series is, and I might be wrong on this because I haven't, I, I, like, I wasn't going to talk about the TV series at all, but I reckon it might have been introduced in the UK on SMTV Live with Ant and Dec. Because do you remember? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it, it was. But they used to do like a little skit where, like, um, like Dec or Cat Deeley would be dressed up as Misty or whoever, and they would mm-hmm. be having make-believe Pokemon battles. and And I saw a retrospective thing with Ant and Dec and Cat Deeley when SMTV Live turned. 20 or 25 or something recently, and they were saying, we got asked if we'd put this cartoon on that we'd never heard of called Pokemon, and we just thought it looked like the biggest load of nonsense, and we made we made fun of it, and it was huge, it, it it absolutely took off, but the game, I mean, have you both... Steve, have you played Pokemon Red and Blue?
2: I have literally played properly one Pokemon game in my life, and that is uh, it's uh one for the Switch, I played it last year for the first oh, okay. time, I think it's yeah. Shield.
1: Okay. And, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the I the games it. haven't. I mean, I say the games haven't changed too much. the The newest game that came out, Scarlet and Violet, are very different, and there was um, Legends of Argus, which was very different as well. But I mean, Sword and Shield, to all intents and purposes, is the same game as, as Red and Blue.
2: Yeah.
1: Twenty years on, so when the game yeah. when the game came out in um, ninety nine, as it was in Europe, yeah, it was a huge it was a huge thing, Um and I mean. I, I don't want to um, teach your granny how to suck eggs, as the saying goes, but for anybody listening who was li- who's just crawled over from a Rock and doesn't know what I'm talking about, Pokemon, there's 151 Pokemon to collect. The only way you can do it, because you can't get them all in red or blue, is by trading with somebody who's got the other game using the link cable. And Mew, that Alex mentioned before, was added by... Um, Tajiri, he wanted to put something a little bit mysterious in so he wanted to hint at the fact that there might be a Pokemon that you can't get so that people would start looking for it and it would get people talking about whether it was somewhere in the game and I mean you can't get it in the game now by um, abusing a glitch that was was found in 2003 but at the time the only way you could get it was by going to a promotional event and asking for them to transfer it into your game using the link cable.
0: Yeah, so I did, and you still had to go catch it afterwards as well.
1: Yeah, it and there's Pokemon in the yeah. game that you can only get by trading. So off the top of me, and I don't, I'm, it's quite sad that I don't have to Google this. Um, you can only get Alakazam, Machamp, Hort, uh, Gengar, and Golem by trading the previous um, evolutions, and they they evolve when they're traded. So the only way you could catch them, the only way you could get them all was by being able to, 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 to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, what do we feel about that, by the way? The, the, um, the notion of them constantly releasing two versions of this, basically the same game. Yeah. Is that, is that predatory? Is that? It's a little cynical, is, isn't it? It's kind of cool. It, it was cool at the time that you had to trade with your mates and, well, make sure you get this one and I'll get this one. But as time goes on and we get older, having to knowing you're going to miss out on content, Unless you buy
1: a forty quid game again, but you don't need to. I mean, now we've got access to the internet; it's very easy to get to trade them. Because I mean, in the latest games, you can just do a tra- do trades with people, and get the. I used the to ones love the Wonder want.
0: Trade thing. I used to give shitty pigeons out to people and get loads of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and that that's, that's
1: That's in the newest one. It's called uh, I can't remember what it's called. but It's not called Wonder Trade anymore. But you, that, I mean, you can do that. Like I've got uh, like an. Amp. I'm quite embarrassed to say this, but I've got Pokemon Pokemon Scarlet and I completed my decks just by doing the equivalent of Wonder Trades until I got the ones that I was missing. So I didn't have to buy both games. And I think, dare I say, I think it's fine. Like it gives people what they want. People who want to buy both of them all power to you. If people just want to buy one or the other, you can still get everything you need these days easily enough. enough. I think at, at the time... Like, we didn't know what FOMO was at the time, like fear of missing out. But mm-hmm. if you obsessively wanted to complete your decks, it was way more difficult then than it is now. But it didn't put yeah. people off buying the game. I mean, it, sales of the game of Pokemon Red and Blue are at 31 million copies. And oh, no. as of March last year, I haven't got up-to-date figures, but as of March last year, the Pokemon franchise had sold over 440 million copies worldwide. Um, which is the second best-selling game franchise, only behind, any guesses? Mario? Yeah, Mario. So, yeah, and I mean, I think it's, it's, it was the start of something huge, and even now those games hold up because the game itself hasn't changed too much other than the graphics and the sound. The sound mm. was the music in the game, and there is some really iconic music in the game, Lavender Town, the yeah. scary town. The music in that game is fantastic. Do you know what system that music was programmed on? It was made on a Commodore Amiga and just copied across. Really? The composer was, yeah, the composer was a fellow called Junishi Masuda, and he got asked to make some music for this new game coming out, which was called Pocket Monsters uh, in in, in Japan. And he just sat down at his Amiga and made some music. And then using a program that he created himself, turned it into music that would work on the 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 game boy format so there's loads there's loads to the game it's really dare i say it's really deep in the fact that you've got all these pokemon to catch you can level them up there's a a real jrpg element to it they can learn new moves and the moves that you gave them will help you in in battle you can battle each other and in Pokémon Red and Blue, you could even transfer Pokémon from the Gen 2 games, Gold and Silver. The only stipulation is that if they had a move that wasn't, if they had a move that wasn't in Red or Blue, you couldn't try. You couldn't tra- trade them into the game, but oh, you right. could trade Gen 2 games into Red and Blue, and then use them in battle. Use them that. in the game. So wow. it's 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 an. In- I mean, even now, I think there's a lot of people out there who still love those games. And the reason I didn't go with yellow, which is an improved version of red and blue, where you've got it, it, it there's some elements from the TV program which had proven yeah. really popular, like Jesse and James from Team Rocket are in there. You've got Pikachu following you around. Yeah. I, I, the reason I didn't go for that is purely because it all started with red and blue. I mean, I, I did consider yeah. going with Pokemon Crystal, which is the equivalent of Pokemon Yellow for gold and silver, because I did have that on a Game Boy Color. And that, that added some new elements. So in Gen 2, they had like a day and night cycle where certain things would already come out at certain times of the oh, day. Oh, yeah. Um, they introduced shiny Pokemon, which is now the big obsession that everybody has with Pokemon. Yeah. But, I mean, even in that first game, you know, the fact that there was different... Um, areas like right okay you're in like a jungle area this you're only going to find certain things here you're in safari Lavin, zone spook, yeah safari zone you're in you're in the spooky area you're only going to find ghost pokemon here was just in, was just phenomenal you'd go into that grass run around and not know what you were going to encounter and it was really really addictive i think it's it, it's a game that has spawned as I said at the very beginning, an absolute phenomenon, and I think it's something that's identified worldwide. Everybody knows Pikachu, and there's other Pokemon that was in that game, Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Eevee, the whole yeah. cast of them that are were incredibly well designed. They've all got their own little creepy backstories, and... Cubone especially. Yeah, and Hypno hypnotises children, but Cubone, wearing what is Dead Mother's skull or something? Yeah, that's it. Um... So incredible! The fact that they could fit such a huge game on that little cartridge, which you could put in your pocket and carry mm-hmm. around with you,
0: and had a battery save on
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good. But that's my um, that's my nomination.
0: That's something that until I kind of was guessing what you were going to pick, I hadn't remembered we could have picked. Mm. It just sort of came to me like, oh, I know what he's going to have picked. And then now I'm worried that that's going to win. And like I said earlier, I will not get the dub. I love it. Uh, The only, the problem I've got with Pokemon is that as it got more bloated and, you know, the gens carried on and there was like 770 odd Pokemon to collect, the gameplay didn't really change. Like I've tried to get back into Pokemon so many times. I tried
1: um, Brilliant diamond and something Pearl. Yeah, that. yeah, Yeah. I got,
0: yeah, I bought that for, for me and my nephew, who also now mm. doesn't care about Pokemon because he wants to play fucking Fortnite. Tried it for a little bit and just thought, I, I really can't be bothered with this. I tried. Uh, I did play quite a lot of the one of the ones on the 3DS. I think that was um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, whatever
1: it was. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was some good ones on the 3DS. Sun and Moon were really good.
0: I heard that. Yeah. Hmm. The only one that's ever really uh, captured me uh, me again, and I think is actually the best game in the series is Fire Red and Leaf Green, which is basically the GBA remakes of this.
1: Yeah, uh, I remember they're worth a fortune now. Well, they're, oh, really? they're all worth a fortune, yeah, yeah, they're all worth a fortune. But um I had Leaf Green and it came with a it came with like a pedometer or something as well, didn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I sold the GBA. Sapphire one, over for like quite a lot of money recently.
1: Yeah, I thought yeah they- they're all worth a fortune if you've got red and if you've got red and blue boxed in good condition. There's so many copies out there.
0: Why? Yeah, why are they worth a lot then? Because it's sold 33 million.
1: Um, I think that 31 million includes copies that went up for sale on some of the e stores. Um, oh, okay. So I think it's just been constantly selling across the the years.
0: I know that you, um, you, obviously you gave the dates of when it came out earlier on, um, but I definitely think that this is just a hunch, but like indirectly, I'd imagine the popularity of Pokemon and then that helping to introduce things like anime to a Western audience probably then got a lot of people to retrospectively go back and play things like Final Fantasy VII and made them more ready for that genre of games. I know JRPGs existed long before that even in this country but yeah. that really felt like a gateway for a certain generation into that type of game and i would have i would have thought a lot of people gravitated towards the more mature type of jrpgs as they got older i know i certainly did it's yeah, the first yeah. one i ever played for sure
1: probably i mean i think pokemon well i was like in 1989 i was in university but i was going to the to game and, or electronic boutique or whatever it was at the time buying a copy and being mm-hmm. it, it was it was something that was cross generational. Yeah, there was kids five, six, seven year old playing it, and then there was people thirty year old playing it. Mm-hmm. And even still, now, I mean, I'm, I'm in my, yeah. I'm in me, I'm, in me, I'm gonna say early forties because I think I can just about get away with saying yeah, that. Yeah, get away with that. You and and um, I mean, I, I played the latest mm-hmm. one that came out of Christmas, you know. Mm-hmm. And Simon beat, still plays it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I just think it's so accessible it's so uh, and i can i can see the appeal i think it's um it's an incredible game and i am um, it it, um, it once i thought that thought of this as being an option i didn't have to think about anything else i thought right okay i know exactly what i'm going for i don't mm-hmm. know if there's anything else we need to discuss but um that's me i think it's a really good shout I mean it's never been
2: anything that I've I've been interested in. As I say, I only played it last year as a times just for um to be involved to play something with my daughter. She spent she spends time going hot and cold with it. She'll either get really into it and that's all she'll be interested in for six months, and then he went here again about a year. So she's accumulated a few titles over that time. Um but I think the gameplay is a little bit clunky now for for from for, for a modern game. It does obviously show that it harks back to that um, that original Game Boy mechanics, but. There's something really nice about um having uh, the, the collectible nature of it about okay I, mean, I, I remember the the stuff that comes with it. Like I bought the the annual, the Pokemon annual for my daughter, and she spent hours studying that and looking up all the different types and what have you. it's and like that's, my
0: nephew as well, yeah, we used to read the pokedexes and stuff.
2: brings a different sort of element to the um uh, to the game experience. It's something that they you know think about outside and of course, it's only a few years ago that the world went mad for it again with was it Pokemon go? Everyone had it on their mobile yeah. devices, you know. It's, so it still can cause a massive stir.
0: And Apparently, Pokemon cards do that these days as well. That people like fight about Pokemon cards in
1: Walmart's in America. And stuff. Well,
2: they fight about anything in America, weren't they? To be good fair, good point. Yeah,
1: Pokemon Go. You made a good point. In 2016, when that launched, there was footage of people online where, some, yeah. like, there was Japanese people where a Snorlax or something had been spotted somewhere yeah, else, yeah. and there was just a massive stampede. And the video <laughs> yeah, footage. The video footage made it look like Godzilla was, was after yeah. them and they were, they were run, <laughs> yeah. running for the lives. It was, it was when Pokemon Go launched in the summer of 2016, it was a genuine, like I've used the word phenomena twice already, but I'm going to use it yeah. a third time. It was a global phenomena. People was. were wandering remember, the um... streets. And there was, there was people, it was crazy. There was people getting, um like, climbing into and trespassing and stuff. I had
0: to trespass. I had to trespass into a um, a water silo, to uh, like just around the outside of this water silo. I had to climb over a fence to catch, to, to capture a gym. Well, I don't know why they put it there, but I had to. Yeah, my mate had to try and give me a boost up a wall, and get, getting back down again, I shit myself because I didn't realize how I, I didn't think about that. Well, back down
2: again. Were there any Pokemon Go related deaths? There must have been. I must have someone. I think somebody
0: fell in a, a river, tram. didn't
1: they, or something? Well, I, s- I remember seeing somebody was playing it while they were driving, and they hit somebody.
0: I drive. used to get. I used to get um, my who did I get? I think got either my sister or my mate again then to drive me about while I was catching them.
2: That's the safer dweeb option.
0: Yeah, David and I from a winner Is you podcast. We we met up. He came to visit me in England, and uh, we just sat in the middle of my hometown on a bench for about three hours. Before he got his before he got his plane back home just yeah. playing. And I mean Pokemon even now, Go. like I
1: know I, I did I played Pokemon Go when it came out in 2016 and I, I probably stayed the course longer than a lot of other people I played it for a good few years and they introduced extra stuff. So they introduced community days. Where once a month they'll Yeah it'll be a Pokemon that spawns out. like there was a I still I've still got the app installed on my phone, even though I don't use it and I'd get notifications saying don't forget community days starting in an hour. And everyone in Newcastle, where I'm from, would head down to Newcastle Quayside. And it would just be thousands and thousands of people walking up and down Newcastle Quayside for the three hours that it was on, trying to get a shiny Eevee or whatever it may be. And they introduced raids. Yeah, because they put shiny. They introduced in raids them, they? where there would be, where, like you mentioned, gyms there, Alex. An egg would appear on top of yeah. a gym with a timer below it. And when that egg hatched, a uh, special Pokemon would come out of it, which was 10 times more powerful than than the ones that you would catch when you were wandering the streets. And you would have to team up with other people, yeah. battle it, and if in the time limit you managed to take all of its health down, you would have a chance to catch it. And they were legendary Pokemon.
0: What, one of you would be able to catch it?
1: No, no, you'd all have a chance right, to catch okay, it. And okay. some people, it might, be, it might be shiny for some people, depending on whether they'd release the shiny. But it was the only way you could get certain Pokemon. And I remember... They, d- they released a thing called EX Raids, where if you battled at certain gyms and enough people battled there throughout the course of a week, you might receive an invite to come along to an EX Raid where you would have a chance to catch m- battle and catch Mewtwo. And it was the only way you could get Mewtwo in the game. Oh, I and I remember getting an, a- an invite, and this is going to make me sound incredibly sad, but I don't care. It was. I can. I can imagine how Charlie must have felt when he peeled back the corner of that bar of chocolate and saw that shiny golden ticket. <laughs> because I was absolutely buzzing about the fact that I was going to get go along to this this um, park and try and catch this Pokemon that no, nobody had, because it was such an exclusive thing. Getting an invite to one of these raids was like a one in, well, not a one in a million thing, but it was incredibly difficult to do. And going along, like, I was genuinely nervous when I went along to do, because if you ran out of balls, you might not have caught, caught it. And you're thinking, well, this might be my one-off. Yeah. This might be my only chance to do it. But anyway, we're not yet to talk about Pokemon Go. But I, I just I just think all no. of this stemmed from Pokemon Red and, and Blue, as it was in, in the West. Of course. And of course. I don't think any game that any of us, anybody else is going to nominate today has had a legacy like the game that I've nominated has. I know you're making a face because I know what you've picked, but yours wasn't the first game in this particular series. But um, anyway, I uh, rest my case, and now it's over to the the jury to make their decision. Let's see what the public has got to say.
0: Let's see what they can choose instead of that, if they so wish. I've
1: got to go next, have (sighs) I?
2: You see... I toiled a little bit about this one because uh, obviously we're talking about um, 8-bit games. Now, if we're going to be strict about it, that doesn't just mean the console generation, does it? Because we have, we, uh, I mean, there are, I, I don't mm. worry, I haven't gone that way. But I, I, I my, my gaming history, I went from uh, Intellivision to BBC Micro to C64 and then I jumped straight to Mega Drive. So I missed out on the NES uh, Master System generation. In fact, as soon as I saw an NES, I saw my friend uh, Chris playing uh, Super Mario, and I thought it was amazing. I was blown out of the water by it, and I immediately went home and begged for one. Um, this was only a few months, a few weeks before Christmas, and then that Christmas I opened up a, a Mega Drive with, with Sonic and never looked back. Um, so, I yeah. mean... <sighs> I I could pick loads and loads of games from the 8-bit um uh computer generation. Um but uh that's I mean while that's strictly true, it doesn't feel like it's quite in the spirit of things and since I've already bent the rules slightly to bend to my will with with the Shenmue, I think it's only fair that I stick to the uh the console generation. So um that kind of, that leaves us with, with NES or Master System titles.
0: Uh, so what, was, what were you talking about there?
2: What, what, did, what did you want to pick? No, 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 I'm not, no, it's not, no specific one. I thought I, I, I actually limited myself, sorry. Because ah. there's plenty, there's so many games I could talk about from the... Well,
0: I'm, I'm wearing a shirt of something I would probably have picked Shovel if I thought Knight. it counts. I don't... Shovel Knight is one of my favourite games ever. It just has 8-bit graphics, but it's on... Oh
2: right, no, it's no, I wouldn't. Easy. I wouldn't try and bend it that way. If I was, if I was going to try and get in something that that uh, I really loved, it would be from the home computers. So it would be something from the Commodore sixty four or from right. the BBC Micro. Um, something that was technically eight mm. bit, but we don't consider it. Um, we we you know we just consider those aside from the console generations.
0: I see. I thought you were meaning you know like modern the mo like the oh, sort no, of no. revival of eight bit aesthetics from the last 10 years or so
2: no i, I think that would be taking a piss even for me yeah <laughs> um you know so there's i mean we've already nominated the pre-third gen stuff and i i went for elite and i, I would stand by that and it got yeah. um roundly ignored um so so yeah i i having to stick strictly to um or deciding to stick strictly to master system or nes um that left me with a real quandary and I don't really want to go for what I've picked. I'm going to I've got, I've picked something which um I mean, my my second choice is what I really want to go for. I'm kind of hoping that Alex you're going to save me here and you're going to you're going to go I've picked that one. I'm going to shock you guys because my pick is/was going to be potentially Super Mario Brothers. That's fine. You haven't picked that. Not that one. <laughs> oh, you picked you picked a Mario. Yeah. Uh well, yes. Yeah, see, okay, all right. Well, yeah. No, I'm still. That's I, not my nominee. I've. I haven't. I haven't given up yet. Um. Okay. Because <laughs> I thought we have to. We have to. Um. Represent Mario. If we it's talking yeah. eight bit, it'd be absolutely ridiculous not to. Um. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a shite character and always has been. Um. But it's not about <laughs> yeah. that. He's a fucking little Italian, a plumber for fuck's sake. I mean. Wait, was he well, even a plumber at first
0: anyway? Wasn't he like something
2: ju- else? Like a foreman or something? I don't know. Jump man, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, he, shite character. It's, he was an like absolute garbage character. I did go to see the movie, actually, as a second. I, I um,
0: smiled so much for that film, but it's not a yeah. great film.
2: You know what? Terrible film, but thoroughly enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, when luigi's ringtone is a is the gamecube startup noise i was just like this yeah. nintendo's uh, nintendo's involvement in that film is what i like illuminations involvement is shit
2: <laughs> yes yeah it's it's full of lovely bits of fan service oh, I mean it, go, it, it goes it goes far too far at times and the and the writing is truly truly toilet but the little moments yeah. in it are what makes it and i'll tell you what probably the best looking uh, uh film that i've seen cg film that i've seen. Um, yeah, it's the effects as well, like the, the fire effects, the heat effects on Bowser and what have you. That looks absolutely, from beginning to end, looks absolutely gorgeous. I was, um, um, I
0: saw something that, um, and Rob, you can look out for this. At the beginning of the film, when Mario and Luigi are running through Brooklyn for their first plumbing job, and Mario is doing all this parkour and Luigi's like stumbling through gates and shit, apparently, that sequence, all the things Mario jumps over and stuff is the exact same layout as the first level of super mario brothers on the NES. amazing yeah very so cool but yeah i I don't know how little kids who was five understand what's so great about that film because from like coming in completely cold that's the whole point isn't it 40 years it's
2: shit that's the whole point isn't it it's, it's obviously it's a kid's film and and you have to completely overlook the fact that that, that, that a lot of the writing just doesn't make sense it's just it's lazily <laughs> written and it's 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 pretty shoddy in terms of plot and, yeah and what have you very but fair. obviously um that's not what it's about for the adults that's what like, the kids are interested in all the shiny stuff and what have you but the yeah. adults are there for all the little callbacks and little bits and go oh my god and point at the screen like yeah. leonardo DiCaprio in whatever film that is the memes of oh yeah but thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable for, for what it is. Anyway, that's the segue. Or oh, still, still an utterly shite character. But because he's such a shite character, it does go to show you how good those games must have been. Particularly the you know um, uh, Super Mario Brothers that, that sort of, you know kickstarted it all. Yeah. Because um, it was purely on gameplay mechanics that he mm-hmm. became this global phenomenon. He really, you know, Mario um, was video games for a while because Nintendo during that period was video games yeah, and Mario was, now, was Nintendo. So, you know, until uh, Sonic came along and, and you know, battles for his crown, there was there was no challenges that were even close. Um, so, and it's purely just on the fact that, the, that those mechanics, it took everything that was good about platformers and it tweaked it. And it just just perfected everything. And it just felt so good to play. But I feel that we, are, if you're going for a Mario game, because you know more about it, I'm guessing you're going to go for Mario 3. It's going to be my guess. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So I feel freedom to, um, to step back and go for my second choice is what I was hoping would happen. So we don't have two from the same category because we, we did that before with Sonic. And I think yeah. that was an error. Split yeah. the vote. Um, do you want me to pass over to you, Alex, so you can talk us about? Um, sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I had some honorable mentions, but I will leave them in case they one of them is yours. Okay. Uh, other than Shovel Knight, which of course you you haven't said that, but it doesn't count because it's too modern, even if yeah. it is an homage. But everyone should play that game. I'll talk about why I love Mario Three. So you just go,
2: Geordie there for a second. What did I say? You're going to talk about why I right. I am. Sorry guys, I could to mute myself.
0: I mean, Mario 3, first of all, is the first video game I ever played. Um, my my parents had some rich friends uh, and they bought their kid anything and everything that he wanted. So he was allowed all the consoles and all the cool stuff when we were, this is what, 1990, 91? I was about four or five when I played it. So this was my first experience of video games ever, was playing Mario 3 on his NES. And I remember every time I went over to visit him, all I wanted to do was just go upstairs to his room and just flick on the nails and get back to it. Even though I was utterly, utterly terrible. But uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the game itself because this is the research I said I was doing at work today. And obviously Mario Brothers 1 was what made Nintendo huge. And it's what made the, the NES huge. And saved video games in 86 or 87. I can't remember when it came out now after the crash that had been caused a few years earlier in 83. So Mario 2 as well was obviously the prequel to it, which actually came out in the West or in the States anyway, roughly in the same month that Mario 3 came out in Japan. It was in Japan for about a year and a half almost before we got it. So because of that reason, this was like probably one of like the most hyped video game ever and probably would be until maybe Sonic Tuesday a few yeah. years later people were so crazy for this in in the west because it was in a film in the film called The Wizard was basically like a big promotional marketing tool for Mario 3 when it's supposed to be a Hollywood film about video games but it's all this kid goes into like a tournament and in the final they play Mario 3 and it's the first a lot of people in in the west would have ever seen of the game Mario 2 though the original version of that on the NES was rushed and didn't have a lot of input from Miyamoto, who obviously created Mario. He apparently had taken a step back because he'd just become a father, which is why. Well, it never got released in the U- in the in the US or or in Europe because they had this like guy, and I can't remember his name now. Um, but his his job was like a sort of a quality assurance tester or like a localization tester for the games from Japan would get sent over to a Nintendo of America, and he would like analyze them. And see if they were good for a Western audience. And he basically he played Mario Two, or Mario Lost Levels, as we came to play it as. And he hated it. He couldn't do it. He said something like, "I can't believe that they would make such a horrible game. Like, how could Mister, you know Miyamoto San make such a horrible game?" But he didn't have much of a an input in it. And then the Mario Two that we got over here was just a reskin of a game called Doki Doki Panic that didn't really feel like mario at all i've played that i played that today after i played mario 3 again and it's just so weird and floaty and yeah you can tell it's not right that was also the original mario 2 was exclusive to the famicom disc system as well which nintendo thought was going to like really be the the format going forward for 8-bit games but they then made later made advancements in cartridge technology that basically made all of it obsolete they themselves as well like it's quite funny because they had um, they had like those shortages of chips around this time because of things like camcorders and um, VCRs and things like that. Like maybe not VCRs. I can't remember what the other thing was, but things like camcorders, especially, were like the boom in that was causing a real chip shortage. But before that, they had um, the prices had come down, storage capacity and capabilities had increased for cartridges, and Nintendo developed this internal thing called like a multi-memory controller chip which really extended like how powerful the, the NES and the Famicom could be. And they, they had this specific chip that they used for, Ma- for Mario 3, which enabled things like better graphics, screen splitting, diagonal scrolling. It's got like 10 times more memory than the original game, which I guess until recently, I, I didn't really have any idea how they somehow, on the same console that Mario 1 exists, where you, when you look at Mario 1, it's very basic to look at, but you look at Mario 3, it's absolutely stunning. The graphics, obviously, they they hold up with a pinch of salt, but they do hold up in terms of it's one of the best looking 8 bit games there is. And I always wondered, like, how did they get this, like, wizardry on a cartridge on this console that has games that look like Mario One? But that's technological advancements, I guess. And that's the, I guess, the beauty of cartridges, you could just chuck more shit in it and make it more powerful without needing to enhance the console, I suppose.
2: It did look like half a generational leap, didn't it?
0: And it needed to, because it came out over here in 91. Yeah. I think. And the Mega Drive was already out. Yeah. And the Mega Drive had been out in in Japan for a few years.
2: And uh, I think it was more or less the same time that Sonic came out, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I would have thought so. But it, as, as we'll get to later you know it sold absolute crazy amounts um the cool one of the cool things about it and what it explains why the game is so fun to play and so much better than its predecessors is apparently nintendo referred to mario games as like they were called the genre they made up was athletic games um i, th- I think that's why they have a like an athletic theme in like all the old mario games like if you look at the original soundtracks or like Mario World, Mario World, Yoshi's Island, all that, there'll always be like an athletic theme. And I guess that's their obsession with the fact that they wanted Mario games to be about running fast, jumping high, and just being really athletic. Yeah. Um, And they obviously, they really went to town on making that, like the focal point of how they improved Mario 3 with stuff like sliding down hills on his bum, picking up stuff and kicking it. He does a somersault when you've got the, um, the invincibility star. He can fly with the Tanuki suit. Um, and they went completely back to the drawing board in terms of like the look at the visuals of Mario 3 because Mario 2 was criticized by basically being an expansion of one. It looked exactly the same. It yeah. played exactly the same. It was just really hard. It was just more levels. Whereas this game, they completely redid every single aspect of the visuals. It looks so much better as a result. And I guess that also leads into like the the scope of how they deliver the game to you. So rather than having these linear level one one, level one two, you've now got this world map, and you've got these different worlds that became this staple of what Mario is now. You've got you know the grassland, desert land, waterland, skyland, ice land, giant land. Really, just felt like this crazy adventure that you're going on. And apparently, there is rumors, but they've never really. Apparently nobody from Nintendo has ever admitted it, but in 1987, Miyamoto and loads of the guys from um, Nintendo R&D4, who who made the game, they went to the states. They did like a tour of the states, went to loads of different places like New York. They went to Disney World in Florida, and lots of people believe they were really heavily influenced by how Disney World looks and is sort of segregated as you go through it into different parts that that's what made them want to do this like world map design for mario 3 but apparently no one has ever admitted that from nintendo you can kind of see where that belief comes from the things that it improved other than the the levels sort of layout is like just loads of stuff like there's so many more secrets in it you've got the the warp the the flutes that they actually are the flutes from zelda but you can find those as hidden secrets in the levels. They allow you to warp to different parts of the game, which apparently was another variation after the um, the warp pipes from the original, where they were added because there's no battery save in the cartridge. So if you wanted to get to the end quicker and you couldn't save previously, you can get a, a flute and whistle your way there. Which you know, oh, now as we said earlier on, Pokemon has a battery save in it. It's quite amazing to think that Mario three on a home console doesn't. But there we go. I mean, you've got the, the suits, you know, you've got the Tanuki suit, you've got the Hammer Brothers suit, the frog suit that makes you swim better underwater but makes him hop like an idiot when you get out of water. Toad's house where you get the bonus items that they put in to make it more accessible for younger players if they needed help by getting extra items. You've got the airship levels that are just this like gauntlet of bullshit that you have to try and dodge to within an inch of your life. The Hammer Brothers levels, where you go into little mini boss fights. The boos that they introduced in this game, which are hilariously apparently modeled on um, the director, uh, Takashi Tezuka, apparently they were modeled on his wife because she was really shy and timid if you met her in person, but used to get really pissed off at him when he was late home from work. So I guess she's a bit of like a behind the back shit talker, like the boos are, they come after you when you turn away from them.
2: For, I was trying to figure out if you were saying booze, B O O Z E, or if you were saying oh. boobs. No. And uh, yeah, no, I neither. I've, I've, The, the, the pennies finally dropped now. Yeah. We're, all, we're all on the same page. The ghosts. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to,
0: to, to really clarify that. Uh, although they did model the Cooperlings. So all, all Bowser's children, all the uh, seven or eight Cooperlings, whatever they are, although they were named over this, you know, on this side of the world by like a, a, a localization guy who was really into rock music, hence why some of them are called like Lemmy and Iggy after like Lemmy and Iggy Pop. They were actually modelled on the 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 developers in Nintendo R D d4 Miyamoto wanted to like reward them for all the hard work because apparently they were forced to crunch really hard. And he was a really like stickler asshole who'd just like sit there and stare at what everybody was doing and make sure that they made even the smallest change if it would make the game better. So all those Cooperlings are not uh, like modeled after the people in the, in the team that developed it to reward them. And even like the, um, the co-op system where you would effectively, this game, as far as I can tell, invented the old level or die that I play with wife friends nowadays, where you don't take it in turns until one person dies. um, like you do in the original Mario Bros, where you've got the two-player Mario and Luigi, but if one person's really good, they can just walk through the whole game while you sit and watch like a goon. Whereas in Mario 3, you take it in turns a level at a time, and if you go on to the square where a level's been completed by your friend, you do the the original Mario Bros arcade game as a battle to see if you can take their turn off them. Just incredible, the amount of stuff that they shoved into it. And that, I guess, all led to the hype, which I Hmm. was sort of alluding to earlier, where... Mario three really just feels like it was like Nintendo at the peak of its power and at the peak of its market dominance, where it had like eighty eight percent of the market share. Apparently, there was like it was the number one best selling Christmas toy for three years running in the states. By the time Mario three came out, twenty two percent of American homes had a NES in them. The buzz was insane. It sold out. Uh, it released in February in nineteen ninety in the USA and sold out in two days. You couldn't get it anywhere. And that was already it had already sold 700,000 units by March when they then started this $25 million marketing campaign including a cartoon show for it uh, and by 1991 it had sold 8 million copies was the biggest standalone video game of all time and helped Nintendo surpass Toyota as the most successful Japanese company yeah. so i just feel like nothing in this video game is a caveat to the 8 bit era, which I could say about a lot of the other games. And we could probably even say about Pokemon that there are caveats if you want to go back and play it on the Game Boy. It's good. Well, for starters, it's in black and white. Uh, there's not that many Pokemon. There's horrible noises for all the Pokemon that just go <laughs> or whatever. And they all, you know, they all look a bit shit. There, there's just nothing on on this in Mario 3. Visually, it's great. It, the controls are absolutely perfect pinpoint perfect it's responsive the music is fantastic apart from maybe the only slight caveat is that the nez's sound chip it couldn't handle uh two high noises at once so if you hit getting coins you can't hear the high parts of the melody and the music yeah but there's a charm to that like yeah. i said the level design the world design like it's endlessly playable and i feel like as i said earlier this is the first game i ever played and i probably will play this game forever because it's just wonderful. I will never get sick of it. I guess that's all I have to say, other than some people made a PC port for it and pitched it to Nintendo, and Nintendo had said, no, thank you. Because apparently scrolling, the way that the game scrolls, which was enabled by that MMC3 chip in the cartridge, you couldn't do it on PC at the time. And then some genius bloke managed to figure that out, then decided to make an entire PC version of Mario 3, offered it to Nintendo, who turned it down. And that person was John Carmack and John Romero, and they of course went on to create Doom instead. <laughs> but yeah, Mario 3, if it doesn't win, I think the podcast is over. Because <laughs> like I've got to get a win off something. This has got to be the like this has got to be the biggest banker I'm going to nominate. It is the, in my opinion, the best 8-bit game. Without question. There are no, there's no competition. It's the symbol of that generation it's, it's very, very
2: hard to, to to argue against that i mean because i mean like i say i'm not even a mario fan as i, I, yeah. I you know i'm not not an inte- i don't dislike nintendo i like i like to rag on them because i find it funny yeah it's you know, funny to keep those 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 8 and 16 bit um wars still alive um, I mean obviously, I do think that everyone who plays Nintendo is a bedwetter. We have covered that before, I mean um, when I was a kid, yeah, for sure yeah, of course. Um, uh, I mean, who didn't? It was still fun to do it every now and again as an adult if you yeah. did, depending yeah. on who you're sharing it with. If
0: the wifes annoyed me for you know not having not, not a very nice dinner, I'm pissing,
2: and you're both in the mood, whatever it might be. Well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think the thing that's really impressive about it I mean I, I was going to I was going to go for the original, but then that's kind of more sticking to. My um sort of philosophy, which is, unless it is such a departure, um and I, obviously it obviously was a massive step up, but unless it's such a departure from the original, for example, I would not pick Street Fighter if I was going to pick a game. I pick Street yeah. Fighter, <laughs> yeah. Pick, yeah, yeah, you know. But by and large, if the original game is what started the phenomenon, that is why I look at very often the, the originals to, to put in there, That's just my my way of looking at it. But undoubtedly. Um, that third game is, you know, the pinnacle of of eight bit Mario. Mm. Um, but what's really impressive about it is that it took something that was already perfected a genre that um, that people have been, you know, chipping away at for years on various systems. Um, it took what was already a, a perfected version of that genre and then improved upon it massively in in, in every department. Yeah. Um. And you've got to say, yeah, uh, hats off. Like, really yeah. I mean, softer. with a
0: with a lot of people grinding their fingers to the bone for the craft of it it was yeah. you know the most involved biggest team it had ever been put together there's all this so much
2: love poured into that game it is it is insane and yeah. and you're right it does it does hold up remarkably remarkably well now and i i think i, I think it did come out before sonic but not by much yeah, i think it was
1: c- certainly over here yeah in the uk sonic came out before um sorry yeah it came mario came out in after sonic Sonic came out in June of 91 and Mario came out in August of 91. So, Sonic 1 right. came out for the Mega Drive and then Mario 3 came out for the NES.
2: Right. So, not much in it, but there was, I think, that the, the fact that Mario 3 was looming on the horizon was what stopped a lot of people, certainly uh, in other territories, but maybe even the UK as well, from, from, from going to that next generation because there, everyone was anticipating the Mario 3. It wasn't until people started seeing Sonic being played. Uh, yeah. And obviously they didn't have the, you know, the money behind tennis. There wasn't the, the ad campaign on TV and et cetera. It was more when they went into stores and compared them, you know, side by side yeah. that, that people started going to the blue side. But yeah, no, it's um, it, it's a phenomenal game. I Of all the games, I, I think they'll probably be um, the most deserving uh, of being the winner. I've picked something for myself that's very personal. Um, that I still think will do well, but I can just see uh, fan bases. I don't know. I can see a Pokemon fan base getting engaged.
0: With I, this one. Yeah, I think maybe they might. Yeah, that's why I said I was yeah. worried about that. Yeah, which I actually, mean, I mean, I know I know Pokemon wasn't out at the time, but that apparently that is part of the reason um, that Mario three took so long to come out over here and stuff is because of the because of the Game Boy. Nintendo just didn't want to fuck over their own new handheld console, which came out in eighty uh-huh. nine. They they pushed Mario three back, and Mario two, as I said, came out. In the US, like you know, Mario, the our version of Mario Two came out the same month in the US as Mario Three came out in Japan. So they just thought, well, let's just leave that, and then we'll bring out Mario Three after the Game Boy settled in. Then they did loads of stuff like that back in the day, like Donkey Kong Country kept the snares going well into yes. PlayStation life.
2: Yeah, it did yeah, yeah, because of course they, they the Ultra sixty four as it was then wasn't due out for a good year yeah. after the rest of the competition. Yeah. And it's
0: just mad to think about a, a landscape in gaming that functions like that. Whereas now yeah. Yeah. everything's just worldwide
1: immediately, everybody gets it. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. Mario um like Pokemon I mentioned before came out ten years into the Game Boy's life cycle. Yeah. yeah. Ninety nine it came out and the, the Game Boy was released in eighty-nine. I mean my my um my experience with Mario Three, and and I, I said this at the very beginning before we started recording that the first note I made when I sat down this afternoon to start jotting anything down was whoever picks Mario Three wins. <laughs> that was the first. That was the first thing I wrote in my little notepad document. But um, I don't know if that's true because, as you say, I think we've realised that when it comes to voting, it's a little bit more unpredictable than maybe yeah, it, yeah, it seemed. You know, like I, I think last time out. I don't don't think I expected Shenmue to win in the definitely not in the fashion that it did in Dizzy back back in um. You got to look
2: at the passion of the fan base, haven't you?
1: Yeah, but I mean Mario Three. I never had a Nes, but we had we had. You know how like when you're a kid, you've got a family that like a, a family friend... I'll try and say this again. It's been a long day. Like a, f- a group, uh, like a family, who your parents are maybe friends with. So by proxy, you go on holiday with them and things like that, and you become friends with their kids. And we had a we had a family like that who we'd we'd go over and spend time at their house playing on their NES, and they'd come over and play on a Mega Drive, and they had Mario three. And I remember, obviously, when this came out, we didn't have the internet or anything like that. And I remember watching Games Master, and the warp yeah. whistles came up yeah. as one of the cheats. And I remember seeing that and then going to my friends, the, going to this house and saying to the dad of the kids oh, I've just seen on Games Master, there's a cheat where you can do something early on and you get a whistle. That means you can go to another. And he's like, well, go on then, do it. And it blew everybody's mind. I mean, we, we we absolutely how, loved it. I mean, you're how right. How are you supposed to figure that
0: out? Because the first one know. that you get, you I just crouch know. for like five yeah, seconds yeah. and then fall that, that around the, the back.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the one. And I saw it on Games Master. Went round their house in a blue armor. It totally opened up levels that they hadn't got to yet, and um, yeah. I mean it's it's brilliant. You're, you're you're right. I mean with the 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 different suits that you've got and the fact that Mario gets a bit like what we were talking about with um, with Simon's nomination. Different yeah. suits give you different powers. It's it's not dissimilar to to, to Dragon's Trap in that sense. That's actually a, because
0: a... um, Miyamoto wanted him to be able to ride a dinosaur.
1: Yeah, had he not and, just um... played? Did he not just played? wonder boy dragon's trap and Maybe. just ripped it off
0: apparently because they couldn't have it, the the, the memory the, there wasn't enough memory for mario to ride on a dinosaur or another kind oh, okay. of animal they said right well, we'll just turn him into an animal if that's if that's okay and then obviously mario
1: world is when he managed to get yeah, that yoshi um but i mean it's the word masterpiece i think is used way too often when it comes to video games and movies and, and things like that, but Mario three is a genuine example of a, a game that is a is a masterpiece. It's, yeah, I agree. If if there is a video game Hall of Fame, I mean I agree I agree largely with what Steve said about Mario One yeah. possibly being more deserving of an entry because it started it started off. But Mario three is about as perfect of a game as you're going to get. I'd be I'd rather play Pokemon
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that's Purely, I think, because of the collecting aspect of it and the, the gameplay. But I can appreciate Mario 3 for what it is. And I think, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I know, you know, like we obviously met writing on a Sega magazine. When I was a kid, I wrote a review of a game and that game was Mario 3 because the local news agent. Sold Mario Three stickers, and that was the cro- <laughs> that was the only way I could think of doing screenshots. So I sat down with so I sat down with a pen and a bit of paper, and I wrote a review of Mario Three after playing it at my friend's house. Because as I say, I could go to the newsagent's, as it was called, around the corner, buy a pack of Mario stickers for thirty pence, and then I had my screenshots. <laughs> I wish I still had it, but I don't. Yeah, but uh, it's it's awesome. a brilliant game, and 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 if if my choice doesn't win the Mario Three, then I think I can accept that far better than maybe i've accepted <laughs> some uh, some losses in the, the past
0: well i've had nothing but losses so please yeah. everybody listening well i've promise. only
2: had one win yeah go on steve i've had two and uh okay um well, yeah
0: how, how are you gonna vie for a win then you've got a personal go choice on, now because you've taken mario out of the of yeah the game.
2: took it out of the loop okay so i mean i'm i'm still uh, still going to go against um uh, my own stereotype which is to pick uh, pick Sega stuff because i mean i didn't i don't really have a dog in the fight for the 8 bit consoles i say i only i, I played the nes uh, played it with mario it might have even been mario 3 i can't remember um i just remember the experience it was such a such a leap beyond the c64 that i had at the time but then i i played it once went home and begged for it and then that next Christmas, I was bumped up a full generation beyond. So it was like um, the next thing I, I played was, was Sonic the Hedgehog, which, which just blew me away. So I, I went back to the 8-bit generation um, and properly explored it well into the 16-bit generation. So at that point, it was, it was more of a passing interest and never anything I really delved into. So I thought that yeah, obviously Mario had to be represented. So I'm glad that's out of the way. So I don't have to feel completely dirty but I am still going to be a a, a bit of a scrubber, and I'm going to uh, go against my own stereotype and I'm going to pick a uh, a Nintendo game. So I'm not going to be able to talk about this for ages and ages because quite frankly, there's not a great deal to this game. We are just talking about a a really simple but really fun gameplay loop um, that is uh, especially good, much better with a a human opponent. Um, So... In a similar way to um, to Pokemon, uh, you still get iterations of it released now, but the very basics of it have not changed much at all since uh, since it first debuted on the NES. Um, uh, what I just love about it is it's just simple, uh, it's fun, and it's pick up and play. And it doesn't take two seconds to do it, and you can play it with you can, you can have as much fun playing it with young kids. Uh, as you will with uh, with adults um uh i this choice i'll give you a second to see if you can guess um i am firmly gonna be rooted here in third place i'm absolutely sure of it i think we'll be out uh simon's nomination uh but i, I there's no way it's gonna top um uh mario or pokemon anyone got any guesses really really simple pick up and flun uh gameplay loop fixed fixed screen so it doesn't doesn't scroll Best multiplayer.
0: Yeah, until you said multiplayer, I was thinking it's, it's not going to be. But I was when you said fixed screen, it made me think of one of my honourable mentions actually, which is Punch Out. But I guess it's not that. Ah,
2: uh, yeah, no, I no. love Punch Out. Good game. <laughs> um, no, it's um a, a game which, uh, like I say, is best played with uh, uh with other people. And for my money, there were lots of ports of it. It, it's, it, it, uh, it first came out on the NHS, there so were lots of ports of it, but it wasn't like an official next game uh, until it went to the Mega Drive. Now, Bloody I hell. will. It's been really obvious when you think of it.
0: I was tempted to think of um, Tetris, but
2: I would put that in a puzzle category and it would yeah. hopefully win that. It's not Tetris, is it? It's not Tetris, No. No, it's not. But it's kind of like a puzzle game, a little bit. It's like a an action. Dick <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dick hunt. Um, it's a, <laughs> It's like an, an action uh, puzzle game, um, and there may be more depth to it. Admittedly, there may be story modes and stuff that I haven't explored. But I never go to that. I'll just go straight to it. Two player versus.
0: Oh, man!
1: Any ideas, Rob? Um, I've got a blank. Yeah. As soon as you mentioned puzzle games, the only thing that came to my head was columns and now I'm angry. <laughs> All over again. Alright. I'll put you out of your misery, Please shall I? Do. Yeah, go on.
2: Bomberman. Oh, brilliant! Oh, I love Bomberman. Well, what a game that oh, is.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
2: And and it's so simple. It's, it's, I can't bang on about it for hours. It's just Bomberman. It is what you get, you know, plant a bomb, hide around the corner, kick it here, mates, fuck everyone off. Just be a little shit. It's just it's such simple fun. It is pure pure gameplay. Um and that's the thing is I, I've i you know played iterations of it. Saturn Bomberman Geo oh. 10 What a game that is. Yeah um, one of my favourite versions that the single player in that is it is really really good. Really good and great soundtrack as well yep. to it. Um yep. and uh I mean it's probably the game I played most on the Wii many many good fun hours with that but it's I let's had say, a lot of
0: fun with a 360 online one
2: i never played that, one. Oh, I that never played one but the point is you know what you're getting don't you straight yeah. out of the box it's a bomb man game it hasn't changed barely at all i mean there's some various different variations on it especially the um saturn versions which stayed in japan mm. uh wars and something else i can't remember but by and large Nine out of ten of them, you know exactly what you're getting, and it's pretty much the same as it's ever been when it first debuted on the NHS. It's just a perfectly simple, fun, enjoyable loop that anyone can pick up from the age of like four or five uh, and know what it's about. Mm. And it's just pure fun. It's proper party game fun.
0: I couldn't agree more.
2: i got no, I got no more to say about it. It really is simple as that. Mm. I just think... There's no point in banging on and on about Bomberman because it, we all know what it is. It's simple mechanics. It's it's um, <clears throat> you only need a handful of power ups. Yeah, I um, wonder
0: how like limited the first one is compared to.
2: Yeah, I didn't have a t- time to, to go and play. It was not the version of this that I played the most. But uh, going sticking yeah. sticking with my philosophy of if the original game is it sort of sets the tone and it's not a million miles away from the rest of the series go for the original so it stands to my philosophy but I'm pretty sure it had all the uh the standard power-ups you know you could you extending the bomb blast radius uh laying extra bombs I'm pretty sure it had the the ability to kick them as well I don't want to uh don't want to swear by that because I say it's a long time since I've done it but it 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 doesn't matter it's a really simple definitely yeah definitely like the range of the bombs and the number of bombs is in it Yeah. certainly that i'm not sure about the kicking but i think i think that was as well i think it was but it's it, it, like i say it, it almost doesn't matter someone created a really simple ingenious little fun game and and you can just re-release that forever and ever with slight tweaks and, and it will always be fun Actually, they it will never did. yeah it will never not be never not be fun so my nomination the 8 bit hall of fame is bomberman and I will seal. I'll put money on third place right now.
0: I dressed up as Bomberman in fancy dress once, <laughs> and I will put that picture on our Twitter account if Bomberman gets more than twenty-five percent of the votes.
2: No, if it gets, if it just put it on. No, I will put it on. <laughs> I will, when I
0: do the please vote for Bomberman, I'll just put that picture of me dressed as Bomberman.
2: <laughs> that will get uh, the vote. That numbers up that well. I'll find
0: what? it. I'll find it now, just for the just for the two of you. So you what color did you them. go for though? I think I went pink, you know.
2: Yeah, you suit pink.
0: But you'll, th- you'll see how much how true that statement is in a minute. <laughs>
2: that's the worst thing. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Look at that! It's
0: great. <laughs> I even made a little bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Amazing. going on the Twitter, I guess. Christ, I love the bomberman theme as well. That's a that's an endless classic. I mean, I know you said. You know, you could just tweak it a little bit and keep um, releasing it as you go along. Absolutely true. And there are so many different versions of it that I've played that I, I really, really love. You know, yeah. Bomberman 94 on the SNES is great. As you said, Saturn Bomberman is great. I recently just bought um, the Japanese version of Bomberman 64 because that is different to the Western version. Because the Western version, they tried to go 3D with it. Right, um, I've
2: never played it on the 64. The
0: 64 one is more like a traditional Bomberman thing, the Japanese version. Yeah. Obviously, that 3D one that they did on the
2: 360 is like one of the worst games ever, apparently. Bomber never Man played Zero, that one. I think
0: it is.
2: But the uh, Bomberman Wars, which was a uh, Sega Saturn... Um, Japan only. I, I never Saturn played Bomber
0: that. Fight? Is that the one you're on about? No, there's well, thing's called Bomberman Wars. I think it was. Called. I've got I've got one on the Saturn called Bomberman Fight, and I'm not. There was these... two.
2: There was two like three 3D, 3D ones. One. Yeah. There was two 3D ones. Yeah. Um, and and they always looked interesting, um, mm. but that yeah, you know, as a lot of things did with Saturn, didn't didn't come to Western audiences. But it's again that was probably more of a, an interesting novelty. It's the simple um, <laughs> 2D versions that that make it.
0: I've just read that <laughs> a graphically modified version for MSX and ZX Spectrum in Europe was released called Eric and the Floaters.
1: You're on the same You're on the same page as me. I've literally well, yeah, just Wikipedia, read it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Eric and the there's Floaters. There's lots of
1: good trivia in here. So it says, um, no, uh, completing the NES or Famicom version reveals that the game is a prequel to Hudson Soft's NES port of... Um, a 1983 game, Lord Runner. Yeah. It says upon clearing the final screen, Bomberman is shown turning Lord Runner's unnamed protagonist. In the Japanese version of the game, the player is explicitly told that Bomberman will see them in Lord Runner, and then it also <laughs> says Bomberman was written oh, in 1980 to serve as a tech demo. This very basic version of the game was given a very small scale release for Japanese PCs in 1983, and European PCs the following year and it was um, the Famicom version was ported who, um, by Shinichi Nakamoto, who yeah. completed the task in a 72-hour period. I mean, that,
0: that kind of shenanigan bullshit killed the game industry a few years earlier with the old uh, E.T., but yeah. <laughs> and also, you'll probably notice on the Wikipedia page as well that uh, it is one of those classic NES games that has box art that looks fuck all like the game, where they seem yeah. almost afraid of making it look like the character that's actually in the game and had to make it look like an actual robot. I don't understand that. Same as like Mega Man, which again, Mega Man 2 was very close run for me as one of my honorable mentions. I, I, if I, If Mario 3 wasn't so perfect, Mega Man 2 would have been my nomination for this because the, I love that game. And that is one of the greatest 8-bit soundtracks ever, if not the greatest. Um, but yeah, Bomberman. Didn't, I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Again, probably because I just think of later versions as what I would pick, or, or I'd think of it as a puzzle game or something, I don't know. But I'm really glad you picked it, because I, I love Bomberman. It, it, Who doesn't?
2: It, uh, to be honest with you, it was, a, it was a real 11th hour thing. I just thought, like, it has to be um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be uh, Mario. Uh, but I thought, I mean, someone saved it, and then I was like, but where, where else do I go then? It was like a right 11th hour, it just popped into my head, and I was like, of course, of course it has to be. But as long as Mario was represented, I could feel the freedom to go for it i'm um, glad
0: you did well done you
2: know i really want to play bomberman cart i'm just
0: going to put that out there as well i've never played it but i really want to play it i'm going to play eric and the floaters does... oh yeah ah. definitely i'm
2: bang up for that yeah, hell yeah. releasing some floaters and kicking them in your direction <laughs> exploding floaters are the worst kind the yeah, thing that <laughs> yeah well we've all we've all had one then we have two pints and a bum warmer down at the taste of india yeah <laughs> um but
0: yeah. <laughs> anybody else got so anybody else got any other honorable mentions? I've I've said a couple of mine. I guess my other one was again from Warford's soundtrack uh would be DuckTales on the NES, but the game itself is actually just average. I really struggled to think of like games that like you know, I remember when I bought a NES, I went to uh must have been oh what was the what was that game shop called that game bought out?
1: Electronic boutique?
0: Nope. It was nope. like it had a blue Future's Game Station, own? Game Station.
1: All oh, right, yeah.
0: Bought it from Game Station. Oh yeah. Uh, and I remember bringing it home and then thinking about all the great NES games I was going to play, and there really aren't too many that when I bought this in, whenever it was, like twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, that really sort of grabbed me and thinking, oh yeah, this is still excellent. It's it's very very few that are still like really worth playing. Now they're all just like, you play for five minutes. It's probably the hardest thing you've ever played in your life. And you just turn it off and go, Oh, well that was a nice little curio, but there aren't many eight bit games. I would say are like all time classics that you, you would play today and get the exact same feeling and experience other than I would say things like punch out Mega Man Two, Mario three. Most of my go
2: to from, from that uh, generation be things that were D makes from the 16 bit era okay i mean there's plenty like, of what, ones like there. the master
0: system sonics and stuff
2: yeah stuff like that or, or i mean i think the dynamite heady uh was pretty good on the was um, it? i didn't
0: even know they did that
2: yeah i can't remember if it's master system on game gear now i think it was master system um or maybe both but um that was pretty good but again that you know they're, they're just d de- d de- makes of, of something which is uh far better uh, mm-hmm. The only thing I would say, maybe, that stacks up just as well in eight bit as uh, as it did in sixteen, which won't be a popular choice uh, here, I know from previous conversations. But micro machines, I loved, and I thought was okay. um, was pretty yeah. good on on uh, on the eight bit consoles. Um, what in eight bit? I,
0: yeah, I well, it, it, the, the Mega Drive version is what I always think of. I've never. There's, played the there's
2: not. Versions. There's not a great deal of difference. I reviewed the eight bit one for for the magazine uh, yeah. a while back because I remember um, ragging on um, one of the other writers, Sam, um, for, for for hating it and being rubbish at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and so but, if Tim was here, I'm sure he would have had many because he'd always say the eight bit versions were better than the. Yeah, it he, wasn't did, he? Especially he the was Especially the Disney games. He was a big proponent of. Yes. castle of illusion on the master yeah. system
2: but for me apart from the I mean, micro machines because it was i mean the graphics were pretty basic for 16 bit and it wasn't it wasn't really taxing on the hardware on that it, it was it was pretty I much know, the I same game on 8 bit you'd
0: have to really yeah
2: yeah but other than that i don't really there's there's, there's not a lot else that that really sort of strikes me some bubble bubble yeah. as well and i mean if we're going to go to home computers you know and, and branch out that way a bit then i could talk for ages but yeah but we've already kind of covered that with the um yeah, yeah the, the pre third gen stuff so
0: i mean i was saying to rob before we started like the the original legend of zelda i just i just find a real trudge it's just not an yeah. enjoyable game yeah, i know it was, me. it was like a really ambitious epic game at the time where you could just go absolutely anywhere and explore to your heart's content and but it's so obscure like there's things you just have to bomb a wall randomly in, in the middle of nowhere to get an item and stuff like that it's just I can't I can't play that game. I know how important it is, but if anyone was concerned, well, we haven't mentioned Legend of Zelda, I just just don't like it. No, I love Zelda, the series, but
2: I don't like that game at all. Zelda 2 is just hot garbage. It took me a long time to to play any other Zelda, to be honest, because people used to talk about how good the first game was. And then I played yeah. it and I was just like, what, really? This? I'm like, okay, yeah. it's not for me then. It took me a long time to uh uh to go back to it i just i just put it in the bucket bucket and moved on yeah <laughs> yeah which was a mistake admittedly but yeah no i agree with you it's not it's just not for me um know, I, I respect the legacy it created but it's not it is a trudge
1: yeah i've got some uh, a couple of honorable mentions if i if somebody else had picked pokemon mm-hmm. i don't know what my backup would have been but I toyed with um, Wonder Boy in Monster Land on the, the Master System, which, as I said at the beginning, is um, my favourite Sega Master System two? game. Yeah. Yeah. And the Master System Sonics are mm-hmm. very different to the Mega Drive Sonic. I mean, I don't enjoy them anywhere near as much as the Mega Drive Sonics, but I think that's because I played them after the fact rather than at the time. Yeah. The other games I would have picked would have been I loved pokemon trading card game on the game boy which okay you probably never played it was it was really really good and it, again it was it had that got to collect them all aspect and i mean i think a lot of people like if you think back to being a kid opening like football stickers and that mm-hmm. it's got that real element of right you've just beaten somebody you've earned a pack what's in here is there anything that you haven't got what can i put in my deck so yeah, it was yeah. quite deep for what it was and a little bit out of left field side pocket on the game boy which was a pool game
0: yeah, that was also out on the SNES around that time, I think, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that 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 was a game I spent a lot of time with. I remember going on, being on one holiday in particular, where I was constantly playing on the Game Boy, and that game was my go-to. I think, I think
0: much, yeah, you know, kind of like Sonic, we were just saying earlier. There, I think that the Game Boy Mario games, yeah, perfectly. Yeah. So it's Mario Land two especially, and yeah. Wario Land as well. Both really still
1: hold up. We played them on yeah. a winner as you uh, Terrence, last of course. year yeah
0: i mean tetris. tetris that's going to win a puzzle category sure yeah no doubt get to that
1: no doubt um one last fi- honorable mention would be final fantasy on the next okay you played that have you yeah i've played it and completed it i've played it and completed nice. it twice i've i played when i played it on the f- game boy advance yeah a long long time ago that Kept me occupied during a holiday to Spain I had. I played through the entire thing. I remember finishing it at the airport before the flight home. And I, a couple of years back, I think it was during lockdown, I decided I was going to try and play through all of the Final Fantasy. So I played through it again on my Vita. Uh, how far did you get? I finished it. I finished it twice.
0: No, I mean uh, in the all the Final Fantasies.
1: Oh, uh, I got a Final Fantasy 3. Okay. So I, I played 1 and 2 and then thought, you know what, I can't play through another... Yeah. Probably Final Fantasy game when I've got a massive backlog of games sitting on my shelf.
0: I really want to play 6, but
1: yeah, I've I've played it. some of I had this conversation with somebody recently, but I've played 6 to a degree, and um, but mm. I never finished it. But it's the one that everybody go it's it's as you say the hipster's choice. It's the one who yeah. Everybody who's played through all of the Final Fantasies, 6 is hugely popular. Yeah. But um but yes, yeah, so first Final Fantasy on the NES brilliant game for what it was
0: yeah and talking of that actually has anybody played um fantasy star on the master system
2: yes but i can barely remember it Mm, i've played played it it properly yeah Yeah.
0: but i guess that probably has and there must be like i know for a fact there's like famicom wars which is advanced wars that's how far back that series goes i think there's fire emblem on there as well and uh dragon quest there's got to be a dragon quest game in the 8-bit era as well. So there probably are some games like that that probably hold up the the slower-paced, less-punishing arcade, whatever it was Simon said earlier, BS arcade uh, <laughs> attitude shit that try and, tries to rinse your coins like fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever. But you know, as as Rob said, I don't have the time to sit and play for a NES RPG when no. in my late 30s. No, thank you.
1: The very first Dragon Quest game was on the NES. Yeah, I thought so. And there was a Fire Emblem game on the news as well. Yeah, I thought there was. So I'm sure they probably hold up somewhat. Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. Really perfectly serviceable game. If I would have played it at the time, it would have blown my tiny teenage mind.
0: And on that, I guess that's it. That's all of our nominations. We have Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. We have Super Mario Brothers 3. We have From Rob. Pokemon Red and Blue. And from Steve, we have the Mighty Bomberman. Those are your choices. Head over to VG underscore HOF on Twitter, and hopefully the polls still work. If that piece of shit Elon Musk hasn't ruined them by now, if he has, we'll figure something out. It might be a Google poll or it might be an Instagram. Well, I'll figure something out. It'll be on the Twitter.
2: We'll message you all
0: privately and bully you for an answer. Yeah, we will tell you how to vote, but for now, assume you can still vote on Twitter without having to pay for the privilege pay his poll tax to do so. That's our nominations for the 8-bit games for this episode. In the next episode, we will be discussing and nominating driving games, and Rob and I will probably have an argument about what a driving game is and what a racer is, but we'll do that next time, because it's time for bed. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Rob and Steve for being here and for Simon for his nomination. Until the next time, everybody, goodbye.